And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Ho! Woo! You know, (laughs) (laughs) there's something to be said that we've been doing that intro, um, truly doing it pretty much weekly for three years now. Um, I know. How do we even land on it? I don't I know. even know how we land on that intro. Neither do I, honestly. Um, yeah, I think other podcasts would have just get made a recording and just set it aside and be done with it, but um, not us. I've said this before, and this is like my big advice to people making podcasts, is keep the intro the same all the time, mm-hmm. every single time. Because mm-hmm. the reason we listen to podcasts is to feel comforted every week by the voices of the people that we love. Yes, sir. Right? And your intros help people with a feeling of familiarity every time they hit play. Yes, sir. So that was always one big thing. I remember telling you that like at the very beginning of this whole project. This whole like project. Yeah. we got to keep this thing consistent, man. Man, and you know, I guess I'll just reflect a little bit because we're at the end of the year here as well. This is our end of the year episode. Yeah. Three years just about now we've been doing this. No, three and a half. Three and um, a half. We started in is, middle of 2020. That is nutty. Um, I know. Truly nutty. So seriously insane. Shout out to us and you know, shout out to the other <laughs> creators that continue to persist. It's fun. Yeah. Hey, Glad and shout you. out to the to our team at the end of the day too. Shout like out to our team. always jumping in and High Lead and Chambers. I mean, when we started, I didn't think we would have a website um yeah. or a TikTok with uh some virality, you know, and the Twitch followers and the YouTube subs and it's been it's been really fun. And the Discord most of all has is like a daily dose of dopamine for me. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, big ups to everyone that's contributed. We've really picked that up the past like year, just getting a bunch of other people involved. And it's been uh, pretty sick, but enough of, enough of the love fest. We're not here about that. We're here to talk video games, baby. <laughs> um, real quick, off the top, I um, just want to give a quick you know, acknowledgement. Um, we did actually just acknowledge that this in the previous week's episode. Um, but I do also want to give a mention of it here as well, since this is their game we're talking about here um as of this th- this recording when we're recording this today on the 18th we did unfortunately get news today that uh, james mccaffrey did unfortunately pass away today mm-hmm. um due to cancer at the young age of 65 so thoughts and prayers to his family um james is incredible he did an incredible job in this game um and i know he also voiced i believe voiced the titular max Payne um in the max Payne games so Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to family and very, friends very and sad. everyone that uh, was ever involved in his life. And thank you for everything you provided to us and rest in peace, James. Um, so in case that spoils anything today, everyone, we are talking about the number one horror author simulator. Alan Wake too. Can you tell I forgot to write one? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you're good. That's right. I got you. I got you. The yeah. uh, the third person action adventure horror sure. mystery game mm-hmm. by Remedy, mm-hmm. Alan Wake mm-hmm. two, uh, yes. a sequel thirteen years in the making. Kind of crazy. I waited. If you can believe it. I waited thirteen years for Kingdom Hearts three, which by the way, everyone, I am streaming on YouTube. Catch me live oh, on yeah. Tuesdays. Um, and real quick, I guess before we dive into the rest of it. As always, um, you can find us online at TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at CFP Podcast. That is at CFP Podcast. And that's at the end. And of course, as well, you can shoot us an email to thanks for playing pod at gmail.com. Or if you go to our website, thanks for playing live, you can find a link to all of our socials, our YouTube, where we're posting a lot more now and streaming, um, as well as a Twitch and Kick. Um, you can also find links to our Discord 
or if you go to the link tree of any of our social media handles, you can also find a link to our Discord. Coming out, it's a good time. Um, obviously, we just were raving about it. It's a really great place to hang out, talk games with just a fun group of folks, and kind of just have fun and respectfully shit on each other's opinions, and it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So real quick, you know, the, this game, obviously, Alan Wake 1 came out 13 years ago, so I'd like to give just a quick brief synopsis of this game. Um, for everyone that uh, maybe isn't too familiar with what Alan Wake 2 is. So Alan Wake 2, shocker, continues the story of Alan Wake, a man with the power to write stories in reality, but currently trapped in the dark place, 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 a hellish alternate reality. The game introduces a new lead, Saga Anderson, an FBI agent sent to explore a gruesome murder by the cold of the tree in Bright Falls, Washington, the setting for the first game. The game switches perspectives between Alan and Saga, allowing you to experience the story through both of their eyes as Alan attempts to escape the dark place, help his wife, and stop Scratch, the demonic entity born from the dark place, while Saga tries to figure out what's going on with the cult of the tree, the mystery around Alan, who's showing up in visions for her, and all the paranormal activities happening in uh, Bright Falls. Okay. Honestly... It's going to get a lot more convoluted from here when we talk about story and world, because that's a yes. nice little setup, but holy shit, the game story can be confusing. A little bit. I think fair to say. A little bit. Um, before we dive fully into the game, I want to talk a bit about Remedy, Lucas. You know, what's, um, you know, uh, GameScoop kind of talked to, we were talking about them when Alan Wake 2 was coming out, and they mentioned how, you know, they were putting Remedy up there with like Insomniac. Um, Naughty Dog, Santa Monica Studio, as far as like, you know, being able to really craft like these, you know, um, single player focused games with these narrative driven mm -hmm. experiences. What's your, would you agree with that? Yeah. So Remedy, for those of you that don't know, uh, Alan Wake, uh, Control, uh, Max Payne, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, and now Alan Wake 2 as well. Um, honestly, I, I get, I get the, um, th they're, they're a premier developer. Um, they make some really, really great content. They have some amazing games out there. They definitely have a very uh, honed-in style and um, definitely have really honed-in inspiration, mostly things like Twin Peaks, X-Files, True Detective, a lot of mystery, um, a lot of what I re I've referred to as um, Pacific Northwest Core. That's kind of like at the core of the Remedy Entertainment style guide. Mm -hmm. um, so... I, I do like the comparison overall. Um, it's I think calling them Insomniac is probably a, a little bit inaccurate because Insomniac is really good at making kind of straight-ahead AAA games, whereas Remedy is definitely way more unique. They're not American, um, you know, and they which is funny because all their games pretty much are feel very um, – have that American weird sense about them, especially even Control was taking place at a federal – American federal bureaucracy building. Um, like the FBI, and you know the FBI is obviously heavily involved in Alan Wake. It takes place in New York. It takes place in the Pacific Northwest. It's very American. Yes. Um, it also has very American sensibilities, like the liberal uses of guns in all of the games, um, although a lot of games use guns that are not American-developed. Um, but just a proclivity for like violence and weirdness that I think Americans um, are into when it comes to like Pacific Northwest-style forest trees murders and ritualistic sacrifices and things like that. We love that stuff. We do. Um, so Remedy is kind of interesting because uh, they 
have like a really clear style guide and the style guide is not their country of origin right and it's like and they do such a good job of really like writing that line where there's a lot of really great kind of swedish nordic inspiration and names and characters throughout all of alan wake 2 and control but it is like a very uh honed in genre i guess i should say um so like I said, we've played Alan Wake 1. Uh, we did an Alan Wake episode for the podcast a couple years ago. We also did Control last year. Uh, and I, I really, I, I enjoyed Alan Wake. Uh, I think parts of the game didn't age very well. Control kicks ass. I think Control's super underrated. And I think it's one of my favorite games. Like, it's on my top 20 shortlist, for sure, of games, period. Um, and we're here today to talk about Alan Wake 2. What are your thoughts? What do you, what, what do you, Are you a Remedy guy? You know, I think I am. I, I actually, I really enjoyed Alan Wake 1. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to get into a little bit why, because part of the things I enjoyed about Alan Wake are actually absent from Alan Wake 2, which is a bit mm-hmm. of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Control Control's actually one I want to go back and replay, um, especially after having played Alan Wake 2. Um, but those are the only ones I've played. But I think overall, you know, just like I'm, I'm pretty up on, on Remedy. You know, there's not a lot of other gaming developers and companies doing things the way they do as far as how they choose to tell their stories and how they choose to mix media and the way they do and kind of like the cuts they do within Very cool. their games and like the way they integrate it. And, um, you know, I I'm not, I, I will get into it. And I, I think some of that actually hurts it a little bit in this game, but but I'm fucking glad they're doing it. I yeah. really, I really am. Because, yeah. you know, I think... When it lands, it it really lands. And if we didn't have companies doing anything like this, we would just keep getting Spider-Man 2 every year or God of War Ragnarok every year, you know. Um, find games in their own Whoa, right. Oh, Stray Bullet. Stray Bullets for High yeah. Let. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, good games, but like games that I would say don't do anything particularly interesting or like are, are particularly trying to push the medium anymore, you know. And it, it really kind of... You know, when I, when I was playing this game, I couldn't help but think about what Kojima was talking about, how, like, they're almost making a new form of media with what he wants to do with his new game he talked about called OD. And that's kind of what I felt like in some certain aspects Alan Wake was, just with how mixed the media was, I guess, in this game, and kind of how weird it was and how funky it was. Um, you know, I'm super excited to see what they do. They're very clearly, I mean, it was more prevalent in this game than ever, especially with all the crossovers between this game and um, Control. But they're very clearly building some type of Remedy universe. Um, I'm a big, I'm all in on the Remedy and universe. And sure. I have a feeling over the next, like, you know, I, I think especially with the success of this game and all the intention and got after the Game Awards, you know, I think they're going to be pumping out more than ever. I, you know, obviously we had a 13 year wait between this and Alan Wake. I'm sure now we can probably expect if they're whatever the next a shorter time frame, frame for the turnaround for the turnaround for, sure. for all their future games, whether that's Alan Wake three control Two, whatever they do, you know? Yeah. Um, control two has been announced. So has been announced. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I'm excited for that one. when that comes out. And yeah, I think this is super, I think Sam Lake is a super funny guy. He just seems like a super yeah. interesting character. I'm, yeah. I'm glad he's representing, you know, a company. I think he seems well, hopefully that doesn't come back to burn me in two years, but <laughs> uh yeah i uh I'm, I'm up on remedy for sure and uh i'm excited to kind of dive into alan wake a bit here but um en- enough about that lucas i want to dive more in just to the game itself what were your general impressions so far yeah so 
Good question, Matthew. Uh, initial thoughts. Uh, you know, I found I, I I enjoyed this game. I thought the game was pretty cool. Um, I would have loved to play it in October. I think we mistimed this one a little bit. Uh, I think it would have been a really great kind of horror October type game. Although I I didn't think it was as scary as you did. I don't think. I actually don't even think this was the scariest game. Uh, this year, I mean, Dead Space got remade. Resident yeah. Evil 4 got remade. Re- we played Resident Evil 8 this year for the pod. This was like far from the scariest game that I actually did consume this year. Um, but, it, you know, it's horror. You know, it's kind of a, a, its own fun brand of horror with the Remedy tone, which it has actually like a lot of humor in it. It really reminds me of David Lynch's tone in Twin Peaks quite a bit where there's a lot of like melodrama. Some of the characters are really overacting on purpose. Some characters are really out of place in a really funny way. Um, so there's a lot of really cool stuff there. You know, there was really interesting mechanics like the mind place in this, which is basically a detective board style room where you connect the dots for cases and discover clues. There's profiling, AKA like intuition that you use in this game in that mind place, which helps you deduce facts, uh, find the right questions for people. Um, It was really cool to see like a very, very solid graphical update from Alan Wake 1. Uh, and even control 13 13 years later. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. And then you go back and just look at Alan Wake one and it's like, man, like (laughs) it just, it's just, just funny to see like the difference in, uh, where, where it went, you know, um, cause they're both going for realism too. So it's not like you're comparing the same kind of general art style and and goal there. Um, and also like this, I feel like this game had some really cool things about it in terms of like uh, the the mystery specific part of the genre, where it was really leaning heavily into finding clues, discovering places, exploring areas, and trying to deduce what to do next. Um, the puzzle parts of this game, I thought were also really great. I made a note here. Um, I enjoyed just finding a puzzle, like a cache in the forest, and dissecting that puzzle. I thought it was awesome. There was really, really interesting ones. They were sometimes look around the environment type of puzzles, and sometimes they were like riddles. Um, And honestly, loved them, loved them very much. Uh, So I I really want to shout out Remedy for being very clever and coming up with some really, really cool stuff there. Um, I think, and we'll go into this way more, the biggest weakness of the game for me is actually the gameplay itself. the fighting, the are you good? Can you hear me? What I don't. Sorry, you're I like was you're, you're, scratching. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were. I thought you were signaling at me. No, like, no, shut you're up. Good, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll cut this out. Um, the the gameplay to me was the weakest part, and by gameplay I mean like the gameplay loop of fighting enemies, of like shooting at people and mm-hmm, healing, mm-hmm. and just just the general stuff that you expect from a third person horror game, right? Um, this is by far the weakest like third person survival horror mechanically that I can think of. Uh Dead Space, even the Dead Space original one that we played, like the remaster of a few years ago, mechanically had way more depth, mm-hmm. way more interesting mm-hmm. like weapons like weapons and like enemy variety and stuff. This game is way behind when it comes to that kind of stuff. Basically every single enemy you fight, you shine a flashlight on them and you just shoot them as much as you can till they die. They all look the same. Uh, and they all basically play the same. There's maybe a little bit of variety when you fight like a heavy or the occasional boss, which there's really not a lot of bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the flashlight mechanic from the original Alan Wake one was uh, 
crucial to the actual story in that game. And also, for those of you that don't know, Alan Wake 1 was really trying to show off the lighting capabilities of the Xbox 360. So they really heavily leaned into the way lighting worked in that game. Duracell uh, batteries even played like a role in Alan Wake 1. I don't know if you remember, Matt, but there was like straight up Duracell advertisements uh, for for the batteries that you put into your flashlight. So not to like shit on kind of the source material or like kind of the original intention but like to be clear like there there is like a product integrated thing in the original Alan Wake one when it came to the the reason why lighting plays such a big role in that game like there is a little bit of like the product and the like capabilities of the Xbox 360 did play a role in developing the mechanics of what the flashlight is how you use it to fight enemies and i just think that in Alan Wake 2 it's kind of not interesting uh, shining a light on people just became cumbersome, not fun, not interesting. There's no variety in how you do it. There's no such thing as like, basically like you're, it's an additional resource, but it's never really used in any sort of like difficult way. It never scales the right way. I'm not sure if you ever felt that, if you ever felt that map, but we could go into it more in, in game design. Um, but those are some of my initial thoughts right there. And I know we're going to talk about story and world, so I'm going to hold off. But uh, initial thoughts, Matthew, what you think? Um, you know, in, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of uh, God of War Ragnarok in the sense that, like, it starts super strong. I was super intrigued with everything going on, like with um, Nightingale coming out, you know, like the flashes, the scary flashes, whatever. And it really kind of built this sense of, like, mystery around the game. It, um and I very quickly noticed too as well that this game was very clearly because I knew they were kind of going and not kind of I knew they were going for more survival horror elements but I was still hoping within that that we were still going to have a lot of the trademark comedy from the first <laughs> game um one of my favorite parts of the first game Alan Wake 1 was just how ridiculous some of the lines these characters said were. And it's not just like the overacting, like you were talking about, like they were still overacting in this game, but it was just like, like I think that my favorite part was just the lines from the Taken, you know, some lines from the first game, the first Alan Wake, let me read these out for you. Yeah. Um, and this would just be random shit Taken would yell as they come at you. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids are good for your heart. <laughs> I never touch mayonnaise. Always wear a helmet. Look both ways before crossing the street. Um, oh, you get two pills in the morning and you'll be nice and calm all day long. And there is just so many like random um, like little things like that. But one, it was funny. But two, I also enjoyed it because I also felt like it was informing me a little bit about that person that was taken. Because I, the way I took those was that probably is like, you know, the person that is talking about. I never touch mayonnaise. They're probably like maybe a crazy dieter or the person that is saying, you know, fatty acids are good for your heart. Maybe they're super into nutrition, fitness, whatever, things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I personally took that and like kind of tied it into the game. Whereas, you know, I didn't really, ha- I didn't notice that in this game at all. And, and if it was there or whatever they were seeing, it wasn't like nearly as memorable as some of these crazy stuff in the first game. So I was a little disappointed straight from that. Um, and maybe, Maybe I'm just a little tired of survival horror after playing, <laughs> playing Last like of three. Us. Yeah, some of the best ones in the in the in the ever do it right. Last of Us yeah. remake, and then as well with you know we played RE8 very recently as well. So maybe I'm just a little jaded out from survival horror. But um, yeah, you know I, I think 
what made the first game so special was its quirkiness and funniness in that way. And I was disappointed not to see it here. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, though, start super strong. Um, and pretty immediately, though, I kind of picked up on what you're saying as well, that the combat was just noticeably not that interesting. Um, but I did notice as well that I also, you know, obviously a lot of games emphasize how well they can do lighting and stuff now. And to your point, the first game was like a demonstration of what the 360 could do. Um, they didn't necessarily need or want to do that here, but I was still very impressed with how the game looked just from like a lighting perspective. You know, obviously yeah. Yeah. they're going to make a big focus on that. And um, it was very well, well done. So, most of the time. There were some times where they were being, they were doing a little bit too much in yeah. my opinion. Like yeah. they were dialing up a little bit too much with some of the lighting effects and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, and just the mixed <clears throat> media too, you know, like that kind of starts right away in the game. Um, I love that. And can't say enough good stuff about that. You know, not a lot of truly not a lot of games do that these days. I don't think. Um, and that's not even just like, you know, talking like real life mixed, like live action media put into games. Like there's other ways you could do that too. You know, there was an indie developer we were talking to for a bit that we were thinking about having on the podcast that didn't work out, but their game was really interesting to me because it was a mixed media with like different, just like styles, like animation and like patchwork kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. You know, I think that's kind of maybe like the next stage for the medium, um, introducing more of that. So like I said, love that in this game. I'm very excited to see what uh, Mr. Kojima does and um, yeah, Poole, right? What's his last name? Yeah, again? Jordan Poole. Jordan, Jordan Poole, Poole does with... Yeah. Uh, Wait, Jordan Poole. Jordan Peele. Peel. Peel. Jordan yeah, Poole yeah, is yeah. a basketball player yeah, that yeah. fell <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> Jordan Peele. See what they do with uh, OD, whatever that is. Um, yeah. Random side note, I did not realize OD... What they showed of that, I did not realize that was Unreal Five. I thought it was yeah, Unreal. that was that nuts. Insane. I I knew that they were doing some sort of manipulation because the actors are you know the subjects' eyes in that OD trailer, uh, you couldn't see like a camera reflection in it or lighting reflection, which is normally you'll see like a you see like even my eyes right now you see you can see my ring light yeah, right here when you're looking. Yeah. That's normally what you see when they do close up stuff on subjects, but you weren't seeing that in the OD trailer. So I did I I just thought that they were real people that they edited the eyes out like they edited the eyes to make it so you couldn't see that but very interesting um i want to jump into a story and world here if you're cool with that let's start so so i'll I'll jump in i wrote a lot here actually uh because i wanted to i actually had a lot to say about this so number one word convoluted uh this the story was very convoluted and look i i really enjoyed the first 13 to 15 hours of the story as it turned as it twisted um, but man, when you're hitting that third act, it's a serious slump. I think the game uses a lot of its cool stuff. I think it loses a lot of its flair. Um, and think I, I, I'm thinking about this in terms of like, if I were to watch an Alan Wake TV show or even like a, a movie or something like that, like if that, if that TV show is like more than like, you know, let's say you got 10 episodes or something like that. Those 10 episodes are going to be bangers. Right. But if you stretch it to 15 episodes and you get to that 16 hour, 18 hour mark, of content, it starts really feeling repetitive, right? And like, I felt like I really ran out of steam during that third act as, you know, we just kept switching realities. Uh, The truth gets revealed about Scratch and the time loop. I was just very uninterested at that point near the end. Um, And, you know, I, I actually think Twin Peaks is a really, really good comparison because it's very similar with that TV show, which is ironic because that's what this game is pulling a lot of inspiration from, where... There's a point and everybody hits it when they're watching Twin Peaks 
in season two, once the big reveal happens, there's still like a, there's still like ten episodes left of the season, and everyone hates those ten episodes, and most people stop watching it. I like, didn't. yeah, yeah. Um, so like, and it's understandable, right? So I I think that this game could have been a little bit shorter. And I would have it would have been a lot better. I think the mystery is very intriguing. I loved the meta wall breaking stuff, like the Sam Lake, like so. Alex Casey, everyone's played by a live actor counterpart. So you have all the video game characters, and then they have a live actor counterpart who's kind of playing like in that mixed media space. And Alex Casey's live action counterpart is Sam Lake. So that's sick. Like Sam, like there's a point in the story where you are watching a live action TV show appearance of Alan Wake who wrote a story about Alex Casey who's a character detective in Alan Wake's stories but that character Alex Casey is existing in real life as Sam Lake on the couch with him during the talk show so there's this like cool like loop thing that they do where Alan Wake is here talking about a character he created and he's on the show but really Sam Lake is the actor playing a character who and Sam Lake is the one that actually created Alan Wake Okay, that's cool. I dug that. As soon as I saw that that was happening, I was into it. But then again, that's like hour three of the game. You still got about 15 more hours of stuff like that to to go through. And also they the actor that played Alan Wake, uh, that was not his voice because obviously they're just the Alan Wake finish. Yeah, exactly. So there's two people playing Alan Wake. There's the voice actor for Alan Wake and then the actor for Alan Wake and I don't think they nailed that ADR as, as Dude, best as I they could Dude, I thought the have. same thing. Dude, yeah. yeah, they fucked it up sometimes. And I, like, it I was don't know so... If, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, what were you going to say? I don't know if it got better as the story went on or not, but I didn't notice it as much as the game went on. But that very first scene when he goes into the talk show where it's like an extended scene with him, I was like, oof, that is yeah, like it was pretty rough. bad. It was pretty and I don't bad. know, if, I don't know if it's us because we've done ADR and we've like yeah. produced like stuff like that in the past. But to me, it was a little bit noticeable, and it's a little off putting. Honestly, it, like it a year a and a half weird. ago, before we did like all the film, I probably wouldn't even know what that what was going on. But like now yeah. that I know to look for, I'm like, oh, that is really bad ADR. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That was rough. So I guess um, if you, and AD Lucas, how, I mean, how about you? explain the ADR for the folks that it, might not know. Basically, in any live action filmed piece of content, 80% of what you're seeing the actors say on screen is actually recorded months after the fact, sometimes years after the fact, and it's called ADR, uh, dialogue replacement. So, like, if you watch uh, Brad Pitt in a movie, every line that you're hearing, 80 to 90% of it, probably more, uh, was recorded in a studio uh, weeks, months, years later. Uh, it's a normal practice. It happens all the time. Uh, and it's because you just never really get really great onset sound. Uh, and there's wind and there's other elements and all that stuff. It's very, very, very tricky. Like almost like you don't even really realize how hard it is to nail the performance that you had on set to the performance in the studio. It's very difficult. Um, and in the case of Alan Wake, the reason is because, uh, the reason they had to do it this way is because there's an original Alan Wake voice actor from a long time ago when they made the first game and he's got to play Alan Wake now. So they got to keep the same voice actor, but then they need to do all this live action stuff. And turns out the voice actor for Alan Wake doesn't look anything like Alan Wake. So they had to kind of go through and and make it a little bit retroactive. Totally different face model for Alan Wake from the voice actor. Yeah. 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 So they, they had a problem to solve uh, and they had to, so they solved it. It's just the ADR just doesn't, doesn't line up very well. The performance doesn't exactly match. 
Um, my last note here, uh, multiverses, alternate realities. I'm done. I'm done with them, Matt. Officially, we got to move on. We got to move on from this as a story mechanic. I'm so over multiple realities. I'm very over multiverses, alternate universes. Forget it. Count me out. Like I just need something. I need something else to drive a story. And like even just, I feel like the stakes always get lower when you move into the other reality and you leave the other one behind. And then there's always this nagging feeling of like, okay, I guess the other thing's supposed to be happening at the exact same time, but it just, it just ruins the workflow of what I'm feeling. It kind of like cuts the story right down the middle in this case, which I don't dig that much. And um, yeah, just, we need to find other, we need to find other mechanics, bro. We need to find other things. Yeah. I think with how obviously I like, saturated not saturated and that might be a little unfair to it, but how often we just see it in stories these days it's a uh, you know it's the trendy thing to do right now um in the same way that you know we were getting like a million zombie apocalypse movies in the early 2010s right to yeah. late 2000s now we're getting a bunch of alternate realities alternate stuff. and th- to be fair in the case of alan wake 2 it's really just two realities well it's like two realities simultaneously being rewritten yeah. So it's like multiple layered realities, whatever. It's still multiple realities, right? It's not terrible. It's it, mechanically, it's only two, but yeah, I just I I'm getting a little checked out on this kind of stuff. But yeah, what yeah. are your thoughts on story world? I I talked a lot, so go for it. Yeah, um, I had the exact same first thing written, which is convoluted. Um, I had to like literally read the plot afterwards to really fully grasp what I felt like, but um. Yeah, I mean, they get so wonky with the, you know, like I said, I think the game starts strong because it's also pretty much just starting as like a, before it hits the time loop stuff or the time spiral stuff, right? Yeah, like spiral, it's a spiral. It's a spiral. Yeah. I, um, I was actually kind of, let me, random thing aside, I was disappointed that that's how they ended the game because like mm-hmm. from Alan Wake 1, like the, it's not a lake. It's an, it's ocean. an ocean. That's hard as fuck. <laughs> That's a really sick line, I thought. Um, especially like all the mystery it sets up, right? The way this is described, and I get that it goes into its new game plus mode where like there's a new ending and stuff, but it's a lake. It's a, it's not a time loop. It's a spiral. It just felt a little lame to me, personally. It's like they tried to run the same play again. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed like, in that. Yeah. Even if it does make sense to the plot, I was like, ah, that's fine, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of what you were saying. Like the story starts really interesting because it's kind of starts off as like a very interesting detective story where supernatural stuff is happening. You want to see what's going on. And, you know, you're getting all this information about how is Alan getting out of the dark place? How is this coinciding with what's going on? And then you kind of start thinking, oh, did Alan really even get out of the dark place? Is this scratch? Is something else happening? And then you have everything with Saga Anderson, all the little stuff going on around the city. That's like, oh, why does everyone know her? Why does everyone um, seem to remember a different life from her? And it's very interesting to see how that gets revealed. Um, and then it just turns into a very weird, like alternate reality time loop situation that in some ways almost reminded me of like the time loop from um, Oxenfree 1. Because in the Oxenfree 1, it's the same thing. Like you find out, well, it's a spiral, yeah. but you find yeah. out it's a time loop, right? Like the, the the events are repeating themselves, um, and then in Oxen Free One, you know you can find ways to help yourself 
from like your previous playthroughs of the new game plus to get the proper ending and it's a similar thing too in this game where like you know the other alan's like jumping in or whatever and things like that but um it got just so weird and i i think a lot of times too i think the game is i kind of mentioned this beginning i think the story gets a little too weird sometimes and i feel like it's being weird for the sake of being weird um as well too just with the sheer amount of like not the mixed media is the issue but the sheer amount that the will do like these random like cuts in a scene of like alan screaming or someone else right like yeah that's overdone a bit for me to where it just kind of makes the story almost hard to follow it i'm like am i supposed to be like paying attention to these random like flashes are these actually important <laughs> or should i be paying attention to the nonsensical dialogue from alan about the dark place you know yeah. um and as well too i kind of in the beginning i obviously it develops but in the beginning too of alan's missions i got pretty tired of his i guess this kind of goes into gameplay but of his beginning story in the dark place where it's just in the studio in the studio i liked the studio but like when it would get to like oh now i need to go find a new murder site find a new murder site and there was mm-hmm. i felt like it wasn't really moving anywhere from that but barring the little bits of getting into the apartment where you learn more about alice um that said though some of the murder sites were pretty cool i particularly enjoyed the ballroom stuff at the that was cool the, Appreciated was that the that. hotel that was the yeah. hotel yeah yeah, yeah. the uh, ocean view hotel or something like that there's the ocean view motel if you recall and control yep, from control mm-hmm, mm-hmm. iconic um yeah just very convoluted and like i think you nailed it on the head in, in the same way that um twin peaks falls off pretty quickly like once we get the big reveal here it's the same thing and it's a bit of a bummer um there were a couple things i did like you know i did like kind of the reveal about how in the beginning you're you find out the nightingale you're playing as is actually a taken. Um, and then the cult, That's the reason, cool. the reason the cult, of the tree exists is actually just is to, to take the, yeah, and that protect was cool. the city. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, I was kind of glad I, I called snatch kind of being, well, scratch. at first I thought, excuse me, scratch snatch. At first I thought scratch was a separate entity. I'm like, Oh, I bet that's really scratch, not Alan. And then of course we find out, Oh, it's actually, um, just scratch possessing Alan, whatever. Right. Um, and then I really enjoyed all the bits going on in the studio with Mr. Hand. And they also implied that Mr. Hand is kind of like Saga's dad. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, Are you talking about war- door? Oh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Door. I don't know why. I yeah. Said Mr. Hand. <laughs> Mr. Door. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Door being Saga's dad was, implied. I was like, did I miss then, a, did a Mr. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm very curious to see what the future holds for Ati. Yeah. I like Ati. I love Ati. Cause he was he's in control character. too. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's really cool. And yeah, I did like all the control tie-ins a lot. Um, I love, I honestly, like I find the world of control, I know they're the same world, but I, I find that the story of control and like the overall world building there is so much more interesting than Alan Wake. Like, I'm sorry. Like Ati's sick. Like the, anytime I saw the federal Bureau of control stuff, I like perked up and I was like, Oh shit, what are they going to do? How are they involved? Yeah. And then when they do, yeah. they do get involved at a, at a certain point too, and kind of have a little bit of a bigger role um, in, in Alan Wake too later in the game. But um, I, I, it's, I think it's so much more of a highlight. Uh, when when the federal federal bureau of control kind of shows up, it's a good time. Yeah, they're clearly the movers of the world overall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what they do in the future stuff with them. But uh, 
yeah, overall, just a bit loopy and a bit too convoluted, but yeah. had some interesting points for sure. Yeah. Um, I do want to jump into uh, game design yes, sir. now. Yes, sir. Uh, so like I said, uh, the combat is just such a weak point for me. Um, and I do want to really double click on the like just just like the overall level design uh through a, like a lot of Alan Wake which is if you remember Matt like when you're playing as Alan Wake in the dark place kind of the dark place reality a lot of the game level design has to do with like going into an area and like basically just use like unlocking a door and moving on to the next area uh, a lot of like backtracking in a lot of ways that are just like not super cool like basically you go through a whole level to unlock plot lines as Alan Wake uh, and get ideas for new stories. Then you go back to other locations in order to apply those plot lines to those areas yeah. using your mind palace or mind place, whatever. So it it's fun like at first because like you're in a subway and it's really interesting in one, one area. You're like in a hotel and, you know, you uncover like a this kind of plot line and whatever. Like it can be interesting and it can be kind of fun, but ultimately I, I just think it's very like on rails. It's very, very like one note straightforward. Um, there's kind of one path you're taking through this whole entire journey. Um, and it's not like, I don't know if I missed this, but you know, you have all these cool plot lines and all these cool scenes. And if you, there's only one answer. So you go to one yeah. thing, you do a scene, it doesn't matter. Like you have to pick the right scene. So I'm using like the in-game lingo, so I'm not sure if I'm really nailing it for our audience, but basically there's only one path forward when you're like going through the Alan Wake levels. And I just found that to be pretty uninteresting. Obviously, like I have a huge hang up here on the Alan Wake levels too. The you have one gun, you have one weapon the entire time. And then you get a flare gun that you get no ammo for, pretty much like the entire game. Yeah. And that is super whack, because I mean in so as Saga, you get like a crossbow. Did you yeah, get the, the shotgun with Alan though? I got the. Sh I didn't get the shotgun. Oh, I missed the shotgun. There's a shotgun in the hotel. Yeah. Okay, I missed the shotgun halfway through the Alan parts. Um, I just like one like the upgrading system was like had to do with finding like words of power or words of stuff or words of items, which are basically hidden like stuff painted on walls that could help you do your upgrades. Um, and I don't know. I just found the upgrading system to just not be all that interesting. Uh, very limiting, um, not super flexible, and not that like satisfying. I don't know what it was specifically, but like when you got an upgrade, it it hardly ever felt like a, a huge mechanical leap forward or anything yeah. like that for it either Saga or for Alan. It wasn't really. They, they were like yeah. little buffs, and I just feel like the flavor of them was just like a little too cute for me. Like, oh, like Alan goes into his mind palace and like uses a word to. I don't even really know exactly what was happening, but I don't know. I just, I just like, wasn't that into the upgrading system, the gun mechanics, and then the enemy variety was pretty much just the same the entire time. Um, and even like some of the boss fights were just like bad, like poorly designed. I did not find like the, when you fought the brothers, that was super lame. Um, when you fought some it's heavy, dark. it's just too dark. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like they, they just didn't hit the, like, they just didn't hit the right balance of like visual effects, art style, and like enemy variety in a lot of these in a lot of these things, you know. And like, 
at the end of the day, I know like it's a horror game and you're supposed to not be able to move that fast and you're supposed to be really limited with your movement and you're supposed to feel scared. But to me, I think Alan Wake, like, I mean, if you play like the new Dead Space or you play like Resident Evil, the Resident Evil 4 remake, that's like real shit. That's like real third person mechanics when it comes to like fighting stuff. So it was definitely just a super weak point of Alan Wake. I don't want to like fault it because it has a lot of other things going for it, like the mystery mechanics and the mystery components of Alan Wake 2, but just for sure the combat's the weakest. Uh, And it's crazy, Matt. This won Best Game Direction. Yeah. This won Best Game Direction at the Game Awards. And after playing this, I just, I formally have to disagree with Best Game game Direction here. Um, It's kind of crazy. I I get that. I'm getting the narrative thing. I get why it would win Best Game Narrative, but... Man, like Baldur's Gate 3, Zelda, Mario Wonder, I'm blown away that they this beat those when it came to game direction because the level design in all those games are far outclassed this one. The fighting and the combat and the variety far outclasses this one. Yeah, and just to recap for the audience here real quick, um, Alan Wake, so I'll go through the list of nominations and what it won real quick. It was nominated for Game of the Year. Uh one best game direction, one best narrative, one art direction. Then was nominated for best score and music, nominated for audio design, nominated or, Melanie um, Libbard, the actress that played um, Saga, got nominated for best performance, mm-hmm. and then was also nominated for action adventure game, which is weird because it's a horror survival game. <laughs> um, yeah, is there a horror survival? No, they want to get that. There's not with it. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, I like a lot of what you just said. Um, and I, I think kind of talking about what I was going earlier, I think relative just to other survival horror stuff, it's just boring, you know, like we, relative to RE8, relative to... Um, Dead Space. Dead Space, The Last... And even like, I haven't played the new... I'm talking about like the original Dead Space, right? Like relative to that, relative to The Last of Us. It just oh, doesn't, yeah. It doesn't really yeah. hold a candle to it. Because um, in The Last of Us, I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to think out and plan out here's how i'm gonna you know like i'd go into a room and like hiding from you know um i forget their name the fungus monsters um, yeah the clickers the clickers thank you yeah hiding from the clickers or the other infected i'm like i'd be like okay here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna throw this brick to make noise over there then i'm gonna assassinate this one then i'm gonna use my one crossbow bolt that i have to take out the other yeah. one like stuff like that you know like i you actually had to be very strategic about how you're going to approach it whereas different enemies had different weaknesses yeah, different yeah. enemies reacted differently yeah and whereas you didn't really get that here and i kind of got pretty sick of you know a big thing in um alan wake's portion of the game is when you're playing sm um throughout the dark place it's just there's shadows everywhere and some of these shadows are enemies some of them are not um and it was kind of boring because you just didn't really find out till you walked right through them um yeah you could sometimes see they'd be like kind of like dashing towards you a bit more obvious than the other ones but like it was a very just kind of i don't know like in the beginning it kind of worked where i was like oh there's a lot of shadows yeah and then at the end of it i was like i'm just gonna run through this until one of them yeah yeah Yeah. it becomes nothing and you're just like you're just annoyed at a certain point you're just like it's not scary it loses its luster yeah so i kind of got tired of that um Oops, scroll down here. Give me one moment. Uh, uh, uh-huh. I actually did not care for the case board stuff or the plot board like at all. The plot oh, board. Really? Well, let me backpedal a little bit. I think it has its weaknesses for sure. The case board, I did not at all 
with, with Saga specifically, I did not at all feel like any kind of detective or like I was being like clever or like learning, not learning, like deducting anything or deducing anything myself. I was just like, all right, like, yeah, this goes here. This goes here. And to me, yeah. it felt like a really drawn out way to m- try and make a game mechanic out of exposition. Um, mm. And it was just a little overdone. And I understand that like her mind place kind of becomes like a plot mechanic later, obviously like with, um, I think one of the older uncles. Yeah. You start there. actually, um, the mind place actually becomes a, like a, a psychic zone. So, yeah. Essentially. But in the beginning, at the very least, like for a large portion of the game, you know, it's just like pretty uninteresting. Um, and like, you know, it's like, oh, you have to profile this person. You're not profiling. You're just like cl- click X to get more info, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. And I don't know. And especially to like, even if you are trying to be very like detective about it. Right. And really trying to think, oh, this piece of evidence goes with this post-it note or whatever. At the end of the day, 99% of players, if they just miss one or if it doesn't click on the first one, they guess. They're just going to start running through until one sticks, you know? Like, yeah, that's what I did. Um, exactly. Times. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like the way it was kind of played up. I was hoping something more akin somehow to, to be fair, I don't know how they would have done this, but something that would have at least invoked the feeling of when I'm playing Phoenix, right? Or something that invokes the feeling of when I would piece together a scene in Oberdin, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're I didn't get so any right. of that from there. And it was just like, ah, oh, this is just something I have to do to continue. Dang. Playing. Yeah. You yeah. actually said everything I didn't realize I was uh, not, that that like wasn't working for me with a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. I, pr- I think there was like one instance where I actually used the case board after I hit a little bit of a blocker where I was like, okay, where do I go next? Where should I go to find this particular item? And I did actually use the case board and it did lead me to something that I needed to do next that I missed. Mm. Um, but it happened one time in, you know, 18 hours of gameplay. So it wasn't exactly like you're saying where like, I'm thinking about Phoenix Wright and Oprah Din where man, those games are like crushing it. Like every, op- every piece of the story is an opportunity to, to actually have a revelation about who killed who and who did this? What does this piece of evidence mean? Like, yeah. 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 And even if like you did manage to like be, Oh, like get it first try and guess it's not like you yourself are learning anything from that. Like saga, like spells it out once you like connect the two, you know, puzzle pieces basically. So yeah, that's true. um, A little bit of a weak point for me. I didn't mind the plot board as much in Alan's um, mind place equivalent or his writer's room, whatever you want to call it. Um, I did just, get tired of it pretty quickly though just because a lot of it i just felt like i just it was just turning into like a a backtracking game which i don't enjoy you know Mm -hmm. um to contrast that with a game like let's say like last of us right um both the remake and the original you know those games work and are interesting because they're survival horror and you're constantly moving through the world and exploring new areas and new areas means potential new opportunities to be put uneasy or be put at a sense of uneasiness or to be uncomfortable. Whereas in Alan Wake, you're constantly just backtracking to new areas and granted you're changing those areas sometimes, but more often than not, you only need to change it to one very specific thing. And then you're not going to use the three others on there for any other reason. Yeah. And it's very clear most of the time what you have to change it to, you know, he's like, Oh, I need to put the summoning ritual in wherever, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it would have been, cooler if they did a little bit more ambiguity there um and i think that's kind of why i got sick of playing as both of them kind of quick uh, yeah. to an extent but um i did 
when I wasn't like backtracking, you know, and, I, and I, when I was ex- seeing new areas, I did really enjoy just exploring the stuff. Some of the scenes were very cool, like just walking through like the bloodied hotel when you put like the murder site part on it was really Enjoyed interesting. That. Enjoyed that. Um, but one big knock I do have, and you mentioned this as well, um, there were a lot of parts in the game where it was just too hard to see, you know, um, and. <laughs> There's a difference in a game where something's too hard to see versus this is darkness and creating an atmosphere. I think a great example of atmosphere being created with darkness would be, for example, RE8 do that a lot in like a lot of the dungeons you're in or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's still like you have visibility where you need it. Whereas in Alan Wake, I'm like, I can't see the person in front of me that's hitting me. It's it's uh, like the difference between yeah, like what you said, like mood, narrative, tone versus just like ob- obscurity. Like this yeah. is just obscuring my view at a certain point. And like, yeah. yeah, there was moments, dude, where like the lighting, visual effect, like the lens flare, the kind of blaring lights that are kind of coming at you. It's it's too much. It's just they just did too much. With they pushed it too far is like the way mm-hmm, I would say mm-hmm, it because. Mm-hmm. I think it's very stylized and cool for for a bit, but then when it's just getting you're getting beaten over the head with it, it's it's pretty annoying. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I very much agree with you on pretty much everything you said. <laughs> um. And to be clear, I, I want to talk about the backtracking one last time too. Uh. And then I also want to talk about what you just mentioned about the um, some of the scenes that you do in the Alan Wake verse as well. Uh, like games that have backtracking in them, normally I actually really enjoy. Like I, I enjoy like Metroidvania's Control. Actually, has a ton of backtracking in its level design. Uh, the difference is that like, and this is kind of crazy to me because Remedy understands this. Like, when you do go back through levels and areas that you've been to on a map, or even in a sp- specific level, it's always great when you come back with like some extra item or knowledge, like. Knowledge as a player about certain things that you can take with you and kind of conquer the zone in a slightly different way. Maybe you go through this whole zone and there's a lot of really tall platforms. And then at the end of the zone, you get a super jump. And then now you can go back to the beginning of the level and you have a whole new approach to that area of the level. Control does that all the time, right? Uh, Alan Wake 2, it's like you're backtracking without like without that. All, you you don't even usually bring back extra resources or extra guns or anything like that. I missed the gun in the hotel, which makes me sad. Um, but like, why, why couldn't, why, why was, why was the gun missing the gun, even an optional thing? You know, like why couldn't, why couldn't it just be at the very end of the level when you unlock the very last key that you have to take back to the very beginning of the level? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would make the game a lot more satisfying to play. That would make the backtracking a whole lot easier, a whole lot easier to swallow. That is, um, so there was that. And the other thing too, like I said, is when you're in this universe, in the story, yeah, it's scary to see like the blood all over the wall and the bodies all over the wall. But within the story of of that you're playing through, it's made up. So it feels like made up. It, it just feel like it feels like the impact is very less. Like it's not hitting me as hard as it would. Like if there was not some sort of reality that you're overwriting kind of mechanic going on in the story. It would just be scary because like, holy shit, somebody came through and murdered everybody in this hotel. Yeah. But that's actually not what happened. You wrote that everybody came through and murder, was murdered in the hotel. So it, it's like lessening the impact of what actually happened because what actually happened didn't happen or what you what you wrote in there didn't actually happen. So yeah. I just think the story, there's a little bit of a problem there in terms of the stakes um, and in terms of like the whole the whole premise of the story in general. Yeah, and I think just one other thing to 
hit on to. And obviously this is a different genre from control, but like just gameplay wise control is fucking sick. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You were basically like a Jedi with a gun, like using force shit, you know, like throwing stuff around, flying, jumping, flying, levitating, yeah. whatever. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that needs to be included here. Obviously like this is not that kind of game, but I'm just, I guess I'm surprised that they didn't find more creative ways to make this combat more engaging. And you know, maybe, maybe that's just also a point in case that they just need to, inv- you know, evolve the narrative more in the sense of like evolve the narrative in a way where you introduce enemies where you can't introduce cooler abilities. Right. Cause obviously like, yeah, the taken or yeah, the taken or the people in the, the shadows and dark place, but narratively, all you have to do is shine a light and shoot them, right? They need to introduce new, a new reason for there to be more cool ways to fight. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, why couldn't there be, like, different types of light or something? Or why couldn't there be, like, uh, enemies that reacted to light differently? Um, enemies that... You like, know what's a great like, example of that, actually? Hmm. And I've... I don't know if I've... I think I've talked about it, but the combat in Hogwarts Legacy is actually very well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it's like a rock paper scissors match. Well, they do that, but then they also have like, oh, I need to actually use a red spell now or a yellow spell, right? Depending on what kind of shield people have, and then it forces you to actually like, not just be spamming spells, but actually, oh, I need to be paying attention. I need to get creative, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think like what you're saying with the light, they could have done something similar here. Well, like even uh, like God of War, you have to use different weapons for certain enemies that you're fighting, and like you yeah. have to use slightly different things. Like in Alan Wake, it always came down to shine the light shoot them six times, usually six times, they're on the floor, reload, do it again. And like you, the the bar, like the resource for your flashlight was so like non, so uninteresting, so lame. It was just like shine it. You get like four or five charges on the flashlight and then you have to shoot the enemy with a gun. And I don't know. I, it just, there, there's this, it's pretty outdated uh, combat design for sure. Like objectively. Yeah, very much, yeah. very much. Uh, let's let's move to art style, though. Yes. Um, um, we talked about it a little bit with the lighting. Yeah, I mean, the lighting, obviously, it, it does hinder the gameplay at certain points a little bit, but uh, it's it's beautiful. Um, I, I really like the set design overall. I really enjoy, just like I said, walking through some of, like, Alan's places or, like, you know, the nursing home, just seeing all the intricacies of it, whatever it was. Um, and just the dark place. I mean, especially like when you first leave, uh, Mr. It's not hand. What is it's it? It's Door. Why do I keep wanting yeah. to say hand? Is there a Mr. The stu- hand just, the just say the studio. I don't know. You know what I'm thinking of? There's a Mr. Hand or hands in uh cyberpunk. That's why I keep saying Oh, that. okay. Okay. Mr. Door. I really liked everything. You know, the aesthetics of the studio, the lighting. I love like neon signs when you get out into the, the outside, right from the studio. Um, and the mixed media was sick. Um, yeah. And I, I did think a lot of the designs for the characters were fun until like you see them for the 10th time for the, for the enemies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I love the mixed media aspect again. I already raved about that. So huge, huge ups to them on that. They are well, probably one of the only people really doing that in gaming and, and definitely the yeah. best. So yeah, the best I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think that's really what set it over the top to get best game, best art direction at the game awards as well. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I think uh, a lot of the set stuff in Saga's reality to me is pretty boring and pretty derivative as well. I just feel like they copy-pasted 
you know, um, aesthetics from, like I said, Twin Peaks, X-Files, The Goonies. Like, it's kind of not super original. Um, and Alan Wake 1, too. It's kind of like playing the same card again with, like, a lot of the aesthetics of Bright Falls and Deerfest and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, like, like you, you kind of nailed it right there, too. The, the Taken design is basically, uh, it's, it's pretty uninspired for me, too. Um, Alan Wake's world is amazing. Like Alan Wake's world is really cool. Like the dark take of New York, the subway, the hotel, like the movie theater, like everywhere you go was interesting and cool and like shifting and like all the different sets and scenes were sick. Like I loved, I loved the way they looked for sure. Um, I, I do think that the lighting could have been, uh, probably scaled back a little bit in certain zones to make things a little bit easier to see. I don't know if we're just getting old. Um, and obviously the, yeah, the mixed media is one of the most unique things I've, I've seen in a game. One of my favorite parts is where you first, uh, kind of experience it where you're playing as Alan Wake or, or you enter Alan Wake's world when he's in the studio and he's on the couch on the talk show. And then it shifts to gameplay like right after that. And I was pretty floored. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and was definitely one of the most unique experiences I've had in gaming this year. Absolutely. Um, so that was really cool. And I do think, you know, as, as a filmmaker too, I do think that they did a pretty good job on a lot of the live action stuff. Uh, they got good performances. I think everything was lit very, very well. Um, everything except for the ADR for Alan, I think everything was pretty solid in all the live action sequences. Yeah. Agreed. Hard to agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Sound design. The music in this game slaps. I yeah, it's love pretty good. The music. Um, yeah, I was listening to the soundtrack just while I was doing my notes. It's kind of my tradition. I don't yeah, you do that a lot. That. That's your thing. Yeah. Whenever I am doing notes for the game, I always listen to the soundtrack. And honestly, I'm a big music or game soundtrack guy in general. But mm-hmm. beside the point, um, this music is very good. The um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the main song. Let me look it up right now. Uh, Fall you into the dark. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, very close to the name of that one Death Cab song. Also a great song. Um, <laughs> yeah, I loved the music. I um, mean, I think it's point in case it was nominated for score, right, for Game Awards. Um, you wouldn't know it though, because it only got it got glossed over very quickly at the Game Awards as well as the <laughs> sound design. Yeah, but true. Um, I'm so whack. Um, go listen to our Game Awards recap episode. Yeah, uh, and I think the actual sound design itself was the sounds from taken and stuff and shadows despite it being a bit like you know overplayed it's not overplayed repetitive uh it was very well done for what it was and like the game it just at at the bare minimum game needs to sound good we've talked about that a lot Mm -hmm. this game sounded great yeah and all the voice performances the adr obviously was bad but the, that was my but only the, nitpick. The here. voice performance itself was fine. Was yeah, good. that's that's really my only nitpick here. Um, I, I I did enjoy the sound design pretty much overall. Um, I you know as with any horror game, like the intensity goes up when like monsters are after you and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it reaches quite the intensity of like a Dead Space um, or like a you know we're comparing it a lot to Resident Evil. Um, it doesn't ever really really reach the intensity of like a, an RE game or even like Dead Space of like when the monster's after you and what the score does. Um, so it's a little bit more tame for me, but um, but I thought it was cool. And uh, yeah, just the soundtracks and interludes that play during chapter or in between chapters were were little nice breaks. And then the old gods of Asgard. Very yes. cool. Very cool. Um, the concert part. Very cool. Yeah. 
Very cool. God, I loved the just the Herald of the Darkness part in the studio. That was I just mm-hmm. kind of like I didn't even like play at that point. I was just kind of like taking it all in for like yeah. minutes. Yeah, that was cool. Um, uh, NPC award. I'm gonna go with Ati. You know, I'm glad he kind of got a part. A pretty I'm decent going with Ati too. In this, and uh, yeah, I'm just very excited to see. You know, he's like the opposite of Scratch. He's like a friendly, omnipotent being, basically. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to see how he continues to play a part in this universe because obviously he's being set up to be pretty important, I think. He's one of the main connectors of, you know, he plays a decent part in Control and he plays a a pretty decent-sized part here as well. So I'm excited to see how that all uh, connects, keeps going. Yeah, yeah. I thought... um... Well, Ati's great, and I think what's what's really cool too about Ati that's like a great reference point is I mentioned at the beginning how it's cool that like Remedy and Sam Lake are like really leaning. There's like really good inspiration for where they're from. I guess is the best way to say it. Where like you know Ati is speaking like another language. He's like clearly has like a, a Nordic or what? What should we? How do we? How do we say? I know it's Finnish, but. Um, What's the name of those countries, Matt, that have all the universal healthcare? Scandinavian, yeah. Like, just the Scandinavian stuff, like the old gods of Asgard and, like, you know, the fact that Saga is, like, kind of descended from the her grand, her grandparents that show up in the game. And I don't know. I just – I love the influence of stuff like that. Um, and it, it makes it feel like the story and the world is a lot more personal for Sam Lake and the people over at Remedy in general. Um, so – yeah, I just shout out to Ati because I, I feel like he's really unique in that he is also very personal. I, I would not be surprised if Ati is based on somebody that Sam Lake actually knows personally. Yeah. Um, so it just, it just feels like it's coming from a very authentic place. And Ati, too, in the game world, is really helpful and very cool. Yeah. So I do dig him. Yeah, uh, I want to replay Control. Um, Me too. <laughs> what did I, I think I gave that game an 8. I bet I'd like it more now. Yeah, um, I think I gave it a higher score than that. I think you gave it a nine or no, I give it probably a nine. You probably give it. A we nine. could check the sheet. I'll check the sheet while you uh, while we yeah. talk about comp- uh, companion piece pick. I have a feeling we're gonna have very similar companion piece picks. I'm gonna go. So I I was gonna go with Twin Peaks, but I went back and I checked my Alan Wake notes, and I had actually done Twin Peaks for that one. So I'll differ a bit here, but I am going still sticking with Lynch. Um, go in Mulholland Drive. Okay, because you just watched that one. I just watched it. Yeah. And it's also very narratively a bit confusing. Yeah. Um, kind of one you have to take a couple looks at to get. Um, kind of also does not necessarily, you know, depending on your interpretation of the film, it's either alternate realities or dream worlds. That is a similar thing going on in that. Um, and it also has some scary moments in it, too. Dang, so. you gave Control a seven. Did I? Yeah. Must have been in a. You were in a bad. bad you were in a bad mood. Yeah, you was in a bad yeah. place. And when did was, we review that? Well, no, November of twenty one. I, I was I was a pissy little boy. About yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. gave it an eight. So I, I probably would should have given it a higher score in hindsight. Damn, I'm surprisingly. Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to replay that. Yeah. That's uh, one of those ones that like. It's like me with um, like Killer Seven. The more I think back on it, I'm like, oh, that was just yeah, a yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. Just kind of marinates. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, what are we on? Companion piece pick? Mm-hmm. You did Mulholland Drive? Yeah. I don't know. Did I, have I done X-Files before? I don't know if I have. Um, I feel like you did it recently. I, I probably feel wrong. like I might have too. Did I do True Detective before? 
God, we reviewed so many games. I'll let you do it if you want to do it. I I don't know. It's like they're all kind of coming from the same like DNA. So yeah, I don't know. Like it's either True Detective. Like uh, I had another one here too. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Twin Peaks. uh, What was the other like Pacific Northwest Core thing? Um, I forgot. I mean, I'll, I'll go with any one of those. I think everybody should watch that stuff anyway. Um, especially we've brought up a lot, uh, Twin Peaks. If you've never seen that, uh, it's amazing. It's absolutely a great television show. The original television show from the nineties, everybody should try and watch it. Um, it's never been easier to watch. I think it's all on Netflix. So I think you guys could all check it out. Um, got a poster in my room. Hell yeah. Um, favorite moment. Let's just hit this and and wrap it up here. Herald of Darkness. Just that in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. That's the concert part. That was really cool. Um, they performed live at the game announcements, yeah, which is yeah, pretty cool. That was sick. Honestly, one of the most one of the most unique moments in gaming for me. Um, I I really love that part. I also really really liked uh, when we first I mentioned it when we first enter Alan's reality and we go from live action like a long drawn out live action scene that's done really well and then shifting over to gameplay. Uh, my jaw dropped and I was like, holy shit, I'm loving this. Um, and again, very early on in the game, probably like the first two hours that happens and very, it's very cool. So the game still has you by that point for me. And, uh, I really, really enjoyed that, that particular moment. Uh, nitpicks. I think we covered them, right? Uh, my, my only note here is convoluted story, uh, for nitpicks. Uh, obviously we talked about everything else though. Yeah. Honestly, we should maybe just get rid of this category because there are nitpicks we yeah. can talk about. Well, it. nip, it's a good space. We need it's it. It's good to summary. It's, it's good to yeah. summarize. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just like uh, usually I like... There might if be nitpicks for good games too. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like, that's why yeah. we need the category here right now. Usually if we're like, we're kind of mid on a game or kind of like okay on a game, nitpicks doesn't really get used because the whole episode becomes this. Uh, I'll tell you a segment that's not really going to work for this one is rename this game. How are you going to name it anything else? I couldn't think of anything. I had I had three. Okay, oh, you did. Okay, Alan Wake. Some, not two. Not Alan Wake two. Alan Wake Nightmare Spiral. Okay. Alan Wake: The Spiral Unravels. Okay. Saga Anderson: The Loop. Okay. Okay. I dig it. You know, That's honestly, now that you say that, now now that you said the Saga Anderson. It kind of would have been cool if the game was just Saga Anderson. I thought the same thing when I said it out loud. Not even just the the subtitle. Just the game is called Saga Anderson. And it's yeah. like, it's Alan Wake 2, but it would make sense because you're playing as a different character who's written by Alan Wake. It would have been, it would have come full circle for sure. Missed it. The yeah. shot. Uh, and our last one, would you play some other games from this developer? Absolutely. We talked about that enough already. Go play Control if you guys haven't already. It is, I, I personally, I feel like it just is super underrated and people just don't talk about that game enough. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, but people are talking about Alan Wake 2 a lot. People like Remedy. Uh, Same thing with Titanfall 2, man. It's one of those games that just kind of got... just didn't break to, through enough. We'll have to go kind of dig back in and see like what came out during that time. Maybe why it fell under the radar, but it's a sick game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, okay. Uh, I'll I'll wrap up my thoughts right here. Um, Alan Wake 2 is very cool. It's one of the most unique gaming experiences I've had in a long time. Um, I think that uh, the game is pretty behind mechanically when it comes to combat. 
um, and you know just your typical survival horror elements uh, and mechanics and things like that. Um, I personally very much disagree with Game Direction Award, and I think it barely squeezed by with art style just because of the unique take that it has in mixing in a lot of mixed media. Um, if we're going purely on like kind of game in-game art style and things like that, I think there's some other heavy hitters that probably could have beat it out. Um, but Alan Wake does have a very, very unique style, which I think pushed it over. Um, and yeah, uh, sorry, were you, were you, did you, was that you uh, scoffing? Oh, that was you. That was you. Okay. I thought you were scoffing at me and I was like, Matthew, are we not no. beyond that? Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's my, uh, that's my final conclusive thoughts of the game. Uh, I, I think everyone should should check it out. If you're into this genre, check it out. I think once the Alan Wake TV show comes in like two, three years on HBO, it's probably going to be a really great TV show. So who are you casting for that? I have my cast for Alan Wake. And unfortunately, just unless he really works on his accent, it would not be... Um, the guy. The guy. Yeah. Uh, his name is Ika Vili. Very great look. Very handsome man. Yeah, he's very handsome. Um, I would cast Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh, that's good. He's he might be a little too old for the role though, no? He looks pretty much one to one in my opinion with not one to one. He looks very similar when he has his hair long and with a beard to this guy. I okay. Think. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I would probably do Kieran Culkin. Oh. <laughs> that's a that's joke. That's a joke. That's a I was joke. Say. <laughs> See, that in is... my mind, here's what happened in my mind when you said that. I had him in my mind. I'm like, no, that can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> You're like, I was yeah, like well, who's Kieran Culkin again? I'm yeah. like, no, that is Kieran. Yeah, Culkin. Roman. Yeah. Roman uh, Roman baby. Roman Roy. Yeah. yeah. Uh that's that sums that sums it up for me. Go go for it, Matt. I'd be willing to cast Kieran Culkin as Alex Casey. That could work. That Although could work. nobody would believe it. People yeah. would it just wouldn't work. Like, yeah, but Anderson, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it'd be so funny. Um, what are we on? Conclusive thoughts? Um, yeah, ratings. We kind of just gave it. Wait, did you give a rating? I didn't no. give my rating yet. Conclusive thoughts. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, it, it does a lot of interesting things. I think the gameplay is kind of what holds it back, actually, ultimately. ultimately. But it takes a lot of really cool risks, I think, with what it tries to do with the story, even though it, even though it does fall into like kind of the time loop, time spiral trope, whatever. Um, I still think it's... a a lot more interesting than a lot of other games that are coming out these Agreed. days. Agreed. Um, significantly more interesting. And that's even without the mixed media. I think when you pile on the mixed media on top of that, this um, is one of the more special games to come out, I think, within the past. Still agree with that. Year and a half, two years. Yeah. yeah. Still agree with that. I And you know what the thing and is? And I kind of wish it was a movie or an HBO show, actually. Yeah, no, that's what I'm said. saying is I think it makes more yeah. sense as one of those things. Um, directed by Lynch, honestly. Directed by Lynch, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll never do it, but it'd be sick. I, I do think Sam Lake could probably direct it, honestly, if he wanted to get into like film Hollywood and television. Line. I mean, yeah. a, half the game is you know live live action. Yeah. So I don't think it's very a, a very far leap. Yeah. So yeah, like you know what's cool too with him. I found out I was reading just kind of going back into his history a bit. The reason he kind of got into acting in their games is because they just literally didn't have the budget to hire actors <laughs> in their very first Max Payne. That's so they great. just yeah. That is great. But um yeah, hard agree with um this is a HBO show or something to be sick. Yeah. All right. Should we give it our Let's go for our ratings. Rating? Let's do it. All right, everyone. The kind of Three, Lucas and I will give our ratings. This will be the TFP rating divided by two to get the ultimate rating, which upsurps everything else. All right. Three. No, one, two, three, eight. eight. Yeah. yeah. 
Solid, solid eight. Uh, it's actually below the Metacritic score that is out there right now. Uh, the Metacritic score is an 88. The IGN score is nine. The GameSpot score is actually 10. There's actually not a lot of publisher or publications out there that have rated this as low as we're rating it. I'm a little disappointed um, in that, honestly, because when, um, when IGN gave Spider-Man 2 a bad, not a bad review, a seven out of 10, right? Which I think is actually a very fair, on a, very, yeah. very fair review for what it is. I, I was hoping, uh, I, I was hoping we'd see something similar from some of the other outlets here, but yeah. not really. I, I, I I'm, pers- yeah. personally, I think that people are glazing Alan Wake to a little bit too much. Like, there's so many games. We're ta- we talked about it in last week's episode, right? Or by the time this comes out, it'll be last week's episode. There were so many amazing games that came out this year, and Alan Wake Two is very, very good. But like. Man, I don't know, like, talking through, like, or looking through, like, the Game Awards, I don't know, like, there was, it, it, it definitely did not deserve to win Game of the Year, I'm glad it didn't, Um, but, like, man, if you're, if you're gonna play this, or you have a choice between, like, this, Baldur's Gate, Tears of the Kingdom, I'd recommend any of those games before this one, so it's being held in, like, extremely high acclaim, um, but I think there's probably some games we could have thrown on the best game of the year on game, the game of the year nominations and, and taken Alan Wake two off. Just saying. Yeah. I, I think there's an argument for that. Yeah. I'm, but I'll tell you what, Lucas, despite us not agreeing with the acclaim, I am glad it got the acclaim because I want to see more from remedy. I want to see, see control too. I don't want to see more Alan Wake. I want to see I more control. That is, does that have like a tentative? It's like 2025 or whatever okay. it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I hope this inspires other, you know, developers to do interesting stuff and not just do what fucking Insomniac was doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, one and thing, I'm not yeah. hating on Insomniac. What they do, they do very well. And like Spider-Man was a very well done and polished game and same thing with Santa Monica with God of War, but like, it's not interesting, you know? And, um, we have enough of that. Let's get some more interesting stuff into the game space. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well said. All right. Shall we wrap it up? Yes, sir. All right, everyone. As always, you can find us online uh, at TFU Podcast. That's at TFU Podcast, and that's the end. That is our Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handle. Um, come follow us on Twitch, Thanks for Playing Pod, and on Kick at TFU Podcast. It is where we are streaming and having a good time. Um, you can look forward to a, well, actually, from to a Kingdom Hearts stream. For me. Well, never mind. I'm going to give you tomorrow, but that's not your tomorrow. Forget it. I'm streaming on Tuesdays. Luke's is streaming on Wednesdays. Mickey's on Monday sometimes in Chambers on Thursday. Come hang out. It's fun. Join our Discord. You know where to find it. Discord, Discord, you know where to find it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, thanks for playing PodGmail.com. Shoot us some questions. Let us know if we got it right or wrong on Alan Wake 2. Hi, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scooby Bop. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle. 